You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Tim Webb, and I'm here with David Klingler again today to jump into our podcast, Teach Me the Bible. And David, I'm uh, really excited, I guess that might be a word, or interested as well in chapter 13, because I think in today's time, this can be taken out of context. And I think as Paul has been addressing, uh, you know, the Jews and law versus faith, um, keeping in the right context, what's, what's Paul trying to do here? Now he brings in the government. Yeah, he sure does. He says in chapter 13, verse 1, let every person be in sub, uh, be in subjection to their governing authorities, for there is only one authority. Uh, the only authority is God. There's no authority except from God and that which is established by God. Um, therefore, he who resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive their condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. You don't want to fear authority, do you? Do what is good, and uh, you will have praise from the same. For it, that is government, Mm -hmm. uh, it is a minister of God for you, for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, uh, who brings wrath on those who do evil. Um, I've thought about this passage a lot over the years. Um, Usually, I've heard it taught you, you're you have to obey your governing authorities. Right? Mm-hmm. Government says it, you do it. Well, here's the problem. Um, how about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? See, if it's true for Paul, it's got to be true for all of the believers in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if it's true that you have to obey your governing authorities, mm-hmm. if there's a king and he tells you to do something, you do it. Well, uh, that makes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wrong. Mm-hmm. It makes Daniel wrong, right? Remember right. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't bow down to the idol, the golden image, uh, then you're going to be cast into the fiery furnace. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and he said, all right, so get ready. And when you hear the sound of the horn and the flute and the lyre and all this stuff, mm-hmm. you bow down. And if you don't worship, if you will not immediately worship, you will be cast into the fire. Um. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Now, if God has established this for a minister of this, that, and the other, you know, then they're supposed to do it. Well, that's not what happens here. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and says, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give an answer concerning this matter. Right. <laughs> this doesn't even warrant a response. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it, period. Even uh, if uh, even if it be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us. But if He doesn't, know this: we're not bowing. I love mm-hmm. this. I got this underline. This is great, man. This is like a, <laughs> that's one to be highlighted. Yeah, I don't care what yeah. you say. I ain't doing it. Well, mm-hmm. this is the height of governmental rebellion mm-hmm. against the king, right? So again, we're back to definitions, right? Uh, for rulers are not a cause of fear. For good behavior, but for evil. But do you want to fear? Have no fear of authority. Do what is good, and you will uh, have praise from the same. Uh, you get the same thing with uh, when remember Daniel is praying, and 
and the edict is you're not allowed to pray, and mm-hmm. he prays. He says, I'm going to pray anyway. He's going to pray to the Lord. And, and of course, he's thrown into the lion's den, and the, the Lord delivers him. So you, you've got to understand what's going on here in Israel's history. You remember back to Habakkuk. Yeah. Habakkuk. The old prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk. He is concerned, and so he's crying out to the Lord that Israel is in rebellion. Israel is evil. That Judah is is in sin. They're they're rebelling against the Lord. And the Lord's response is, yeah, I'm going to bring the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and I'm going to come and judge you, right? Uh, I'm bringing the—and this is exactly in keeping with the covenant back in Deuteronomy 30, uh, 28, 29, 30, uh, the blessings and the curses that the Lord's going to bring the the nations, evil nations, to judge Israel. It was a minister um, of the Lord, the nation, the foreign nation, the evil nation, was a minister of the Lord to judge Israel's wickedness, right? Uh, and so the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, they all come in waves, these four kingdoms set up to, to discipline Israel. Now, you'll remember if, you, if you've if you read your uh, apocryphal literature, uh, intertestamental <laughs> literature, uh, you know, of the, the Hasmoneans were always revolting against the Roman government. Mm-hmm. The, the Jews were trying to overthrow uh, the Roman government, but not repenting and returning to the Lord, right? And so you want the Roman soldier off the corner? Repent. Return to the Lord, yeah, right? And he will restore you from captivity. And he will establish uh, his kingdom. Uh, is now the time you're establishing the kingdom? Well, Israel's got to repent first. This is Acts chapter 1 and Acts mm-hmm. chapter 2. Mm-hmm. They don't repent. Roman soldier stays on the corner, right? And so when you rebel against the Roman soldier, you're rebelling against the Lord because the Lord has put that Roman soldier on this corner to judge Israel, mm-hmm. okay? For good, for the Lord's good, for what the Lord mm-hmm. calls good. Now, uh, what do we make of you know some tyrant king in some foreign place who's killing and murdering every Christian? Uh, or you know, he says, "Kill the Christians." Uh, think of uh, the midwives uh, in uh, in the Exodus story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pharaoh says, "Kill all the kids." They don't. They actually are preserving uh, the the kids. Mm-hmm. Was well, that good? Well. The interpretation says you have to obey your governing authorities. Do what they say. Well, then you kill the male babies. Uh, that's not good. So, yeah. so we've got to go back to what's good in the eyes of the Lord. And when, when it's contradictory, you you do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, if they persecute you for it, if they kill you for it, if they throw you in prison mm-hmm. for it, um, uh, the I mean the the examples here are myriad. Uh, mm-hmm. The apostles after Christ's death, burial, resurrection, they're going around and they're preaching Christ raised from the dead, and they're thrown in prison, and they're told you don't preach this. Well, if they obeyed their governing authorities, they wouldn't preach it. Right. Uh, you know, as you know, hey, we'll either you know, are we going to mm-hmm. obey the Lord or obey men? We're going to obey the Lord, and we're going to let the chips fall where they. Well, may. and that's the point. I mean, they didn't. They trusted their physical lives. Over to God. That's exactly so right. So if they lose their physical life, which is under the yes. curse anyway, yep. they're looking to the resurrection. Yep. So. And, and so in First Peter, Peter's going to, to uh, you know, obey, be subject to mm-hmm. your uh, authorities. And, and even if you should suffer for doing good, you're blessed. Mm-hmm. See, Peter's going to say this. So is it possible that you follow the Lord in rebelling against the government? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect to be persecuted for it. Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, should that be a concern? Nope. 
Why? Uh, because your hope is not in the temporal, it's in the eternal. Right. right? So you live faithfully in the temporal mm-hmm. because your hope is in the eternal. Yeah, we tend to want it both ways. We want we want to stand for good and right and just, but we also want to be preserved. <laughs> Absolutely. Temporally. Yeah. Temporally, yeah. And and there is no preservation no. temporally. No. Um, you know, the death rate's one per person. Mm-hmm. You just get older and fatter until mm-hmm. you die. <laughs> so things fall apart. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to eat chicken fried steak now. Right? Uh, this week I had uh, something uh, that I've never had before. I uh, went to a restaurant in Dallas and they, I said, "Give me whatever's best on the menu," and they brought me chicken fried brisket. I got to tell you, chicken fried steak's good. Chicken fried brisket—that's a life changer. <laughs> Right. I'm scared to yeah. death having my gallbladder just removed. I'm scared to death to even try that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I've given up on the temporal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going for chicken fried brisket. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. But anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so no, this can be a confusing passage because, you know, we, we get to mixed signals where we say you have to obey your governing authorities. And But what if your government tells you to do something that's contradictory to what's good and right in the eyes of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't assemble. Um China today, you know, the government doesn't allow believers to assemble uh, mm-hmm. uh, throughout uh, the church, throughout the history of the church. Uh, the the government has always been the one who's persecuting the church and telling them not to assemble. Does that mean you obey, uh, uh, you know, o- obey Caesar because he's persecuting the church and telling Christians not to assemble? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, of course not. So, um, uh, but where. Um, but you don't resist government um, where government is not, you know, telling you to do evil in the eyes of the mm-hmm. Lord, right? Yeah. Uh, it is a minister of God for your good. But if you do what is evil, is this evil in the eyes of the government or evil in the eyes of the Lord? I think it's evil in the eyes of the Lord. If you, if you do evil in the eyes of the Lord, be afraid. Yes. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. Now, uh, there are some things throughout the culture um, throughout all cultures that are punished, uh, uh, should be punished, right? Mm-hmm. Stealing and murder and, and, you know, and all of these things. But what happens in the decay of a culture, and this is back from in Romans chapter one, um, it turns evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're there in America. Uh, other places in the world have been there for a long time. And actually, the, the very ministers of injustice are the government officials, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What do you do then? Do you rebel? Uh, no, you follow the Lord. You follow the Lord. He sets up kingdoms. He takes down kingdoms. Mm-hmm. If he wants to uh, end one a country and begin another, he's more than uh, capable to do of that. doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gets into to some sticky ethical questions when we, when we pose uh, how far do we go to defend um, life now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's an answer, but, but I don't, it's probably, I, I wouldn't answer that probably in the way most people would. I think that you defend temporal life for the sake of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Right. So actually the life of the unbeliever who has not believed is important because we want them to be able to believe. Right. So the preservation preservation of their life, life becomes very important. Mm-hmm. Um, hear what I'm saying here. Uh, those who have believed, they have set their hope not on the temporal but the eternal. Um, they're willing to give up their life, temporal life, 
because they have the eternal reality. Mm-hmm. But the one who dies without Christ, um, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I think that we defend our enemies, the enemy of Christ, um, so that uh, they could be blessed, right? To come to know Christ. Yeah, to come to know Christ. Yeah. And so, so what he's saying here in chapter thirteen really uh, is not uh, any different than what he said back in uh, in chapter twelve. Uh, that uh, uh, leave room for vengeance. Vengeance is mine, I will pay. If your enemy is hungry, feed him, mm-hmm. thirsty, give him a drink. Um, uh, and in so doing, heap burning coals on their head. So you know, you're all, believers have always been persecuted for doing right in the eyes of the Lord. Don't think that this is going to change. Mm-hmm. Right? And don't think that you're going to establish a government uh, outside of the coming king that's going to always do what's good and right in the eyes of the Lord. It's not going to happen. But I think here he's talking about Israel rejecting Rome, but Rome is on the corner because um, they're rejecting the Lord. They're mm-hmm. not just rejecting Rome, mm-hmm. Rome, they're rejecting the Lord. So anyway, uh, I think also uh, one, one more thing I would say is there's a bigger issue here, right, um, which is uh, um, you don't want to fear authority, do you? Of course not, right? And that's the fall. That's really it. when you boil the fall down uh, – to what happened, uh, it's just a rejection of authority. God, you're not the boss of me, right? right? Uh, and so being in subjection is a good thing. Um, and we've turned it into a bad thing. And it's mm-hmm. all throughout our culture. We've got egalitarianism going on throughout our whole culture. And I'm not just talking about you know men and women egalitarianism, uh, but um, you know basically it's the you're not the boss of me mentality that has run rampant throughout our whole culture. So uh, younger men be subject to your older men and, and mm-hmm. just be subject to your government. It is be under, you're under assigned. Hupatasso, you're under uh, a tasso, uh, that's be subject to. Hupatasso, under tasso. A tasso is like a military. I was going to say, uh, isn't that? Install, it, it's, you are assigned a post. Subordinate you stand rank. your post. Yeah. yeah subordinate and, and, rank. and you're not going to be judged mm-hmm. by how the general led you. You're going to be judged by how you stood your post, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're the dad or the mom or the younger man or the old, you're going to be evaluated by how you stood your post, by how you did your job. Did you do good and right in the eyes of the Lord? And and everyone is in subjection to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being subject is very central to the Christian faith. It is be subject uh, to those uh, who are in authority over you mm-hmm. right? and desire their good. So if... Um, you know, if the wife, this is First Peter, right? If if the the wife who is be in subjection to her husband is and her husband is disobedient to the word, there's instruction on how to operate so that he may be won over without a word. Because our desire in being subject to one, those have authority over us. Our desire is for their good, mm-hmm. for their eternal good, for their coming to know the Lord and be blessed. And hopefully, it is through our ministry and how we model subjection. Mm-hmm. Just as we're subject to the Lord, so we're subject to our husband. Just as we're subject to the Lord, so younger men are subject to their elders and so forth. And you so, think that's why Jesus was so excited about the centurion's faith? I think so, yeah. He's a man under authority. I get it. He I says, get, I, get I get it. Exactly I get it. what's going on right? here. And so, yeah. you know, and, and he doesn't question. He says, yeah. I understand yeah. exactly how this works, and and you're the Lord, and you say it, and this is what goes. <laughs> and that right? settles it. <laughs> yeah. He goes, wow. Wow. This guy gets it, right? Yeah. So, therefore, uh, wherefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also 
for conscience sake, because this is good in the eyes of the Lord as well. Mm-hmm. For because of this, you also pay taxes for uh, the rulers. Uh, they are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Um, so you you pay your taxes, you render all that is due to them. Tax to whom taxes due, custom to whose got fear to whom fear, and honor to who honor. Now it's important to go through that list. Um, if Jesus were around today and you say, should we pay our taxes? <clears throat> He'd say, give me a dollar bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whose name and, and picture is on that dollar bill? Uh, well, George and George Washington and the United States of America. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Mm-hmm. Caesar's inscription. Caesar's face is on that coin. Give it to Caesar. Mm-hmm. It was his. Give it to him. Um, uh, but fear... Uh, who fear is due. Should you fear your governing authorities? Uh, in a right way, yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we were just talking about this earlier today in our Bible study. Uh, but you don't fear those who can kill the body, and afterwards there's nothing you can do. Here's who you fear. You fear the Lord. You fear the one who, after he is condemned and killed, can condemn to hell. That's who you fear, mm-hmm. right? And so you fear and you honor the Lord, first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then be subject uh, to those, and you're all, but you're always looking for their good. Those in, you're in subjection to, you're under the authority of. You're always looking out for their good, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> There's instruction throughout all of Scripture. If you're in a church and and you know your elder blows it, you go to your elder. Why? Because you desire. You're still in subjection to them, but mm-hmm. your desire is for their good, good. right? Uh, and so this uh, this is why we uh, have church discipline. That's why it's so important. So. Uh, tax to whom taxes do, custom to who customers do, fear to who fear, honor to who honors do. <clears throat> Verse 8, Owe nothing to anyone except love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law, right? For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covenant. If there's any other commandment, it is summed up in this, you shall love your neighbor yourself. That's just really it. It is really right. it. All of the... The, you know, whatever the 613, that's the number I hear all the time, you know, 613 of these commands. <clears throat> There's not 613. We could list infinitely more uh, examples of how people don't love their brother, but you could sum it all up with two love the Lord your God, and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. um, which has become your enemy, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so to love the Lord is. To love your enemy, because that's what the Lord does. You love what the Lord loves. The Lord loves the enemy. You love the enemy. The Lord loves the brother. You love the brother, right? And so mm-hmm. you're looking out for their best interest, for their good. Okay. So love uh, does no wrong to his neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Um, you're always looking out for what is good for your enemy, what's good for your brother, what's good for... Those around you. And, but it's not what they define as good or what you define as good is what the Lord defines mm-hmm. as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> do this. Uh, and do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For salvation is nearer to us than when we believe. Our motivation for everything we do is because of the return of Christ. Right. So why do you do this? Why do you endure? Why do you care for your brother? Why do you not view yourselves more highly than you ought to? Why do you obey uh, your governing authorities and desire their good? Because the king's coming, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to be judged 
by what's good and right in his eyes and what he determined good and what he said and good. Mm-hmm. And not only uh, that, uh, Paul explains, he also knows your heart. This, mm-hmm. Remember, this is back in uh, earlier in Romans. He says, on the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Your motives are going to be evaluated, mm-hmm. right? What's your motive? Are you doing this to get stuff in the future? Wrong motive. Mm-hmm. If you're doing this because you actually love the Lord and you want to do what's right in his eyes, that's the right motive, right? Mm-hmm. And so the night is almost gone and the day is at hand. The night, uh, darkness and day, light is hand uh, at hand. Um, um, let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light, light, life, um, Christ. Uh, let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness and sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife or jealousy. All of those things, by the way, are sins against the brother, mm-hmm. right? Carousing, uh, uh, sexual promiscuity, sensuality, strife, jealousy. These all either sins against or affect a relationship to the brother. But put on Christ Jesus. I was going to say this in that verse 13. It's just, it's just the fruit of uh, coming against verse 9. Yes. We don't, you know. Those things against the brothers, you said, but yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. exactly that's exactly right. Fulfillment of it. So uh, put on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Um, this is uh, what Paul has been explaining all the way through here that the, the provision for the flesh. This is being in Adam. This is um, um, carrying out those desires which lead to death, mm-hmm. uh, which which the law was to enumerate uh, in which Israel was taking pride in. He says, you're taking pride in the law through your breaking of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in so doing, claiming that that law elevated them, they actually became hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so all of this is relating back to not just what Israel was doing, not just what the Pharisees were doing with the law, but it's a broader issue mm-hmm. of what, what uh, Israel was doing, what the Gentiles were always doing. Gentiles always been doing this. Israel started doing it as well. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, uh, that's very problematic. And so uh, so chapter 13, I think that it just continues down this uh, really very simple. I mean, every uh, imperative that Paul gives in all of his epistles, he could say, okay, now love one another. Love mm-hmm. the Lord, love one another. Yeah, <laughs> sum it all up. <laughs> so, yeah. But he always says, okay, now in light of what I just said, let me explain how this relates to love the Lord your God and love one another. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing what I'm telling you, loving the Lord and loving one another will look like this. Mm-hmm. Walk in a manner worthy of the gospel or mm-hmm. by the mercies of God. Here's what you do. Re- regard yourself as in the body. Don't regard yourself as more highly than you ought to. All of these imperatives are coming out of his 1 through 11 argument. Mm-hmm. And so chapter 13 is the same. Yeah. Well, David, thank you for today. And everyone, join us again for our next podcast. Teach Me the Bible, and thank you for that. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teachmethebible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time. Mm